Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for you to meet my special guest today, Daniel Kuman. He's an award-winning film director who has traveled to more than 30 countries to tell stories that challenge and inspire. We're going to talk about his storytelling and how it's become a platform for Daniel and his wife, Christy, to invest in children, empowering orphans in Tanzania. You know, that's close to my heart if you've listened to this podcast for a while and restoring hope to young women trafficked in Thailand, also very close to my heart. In his new book and TV series, Breath of Life, Three Breaths That Shaped Humanity, Daniel shares the creation story in a distinctive and inspiring way by highlighting the three unique breaths from God and how they've affected us even today. He's going to help us understand how we can overcome negative emotions and operate in our God-given authority to shift the atmosphere and impact those around us and our relationship with God. Welcome, Daniel. I'm so honored to have you here on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's good to be with you. Well, your book is fresh in my heart because I just finished reading it. It's been one of the favorite books I've read in, in quite a while. I love when I lean into something, Daniel, that I either haven't thought of that way or it's just completely new insight for me. And so I know our listeners are going to love, love, love this book and the brand new television series that's coming out or just came out as this airs. But first, I just want to talk to you about the way you're making your life matter for the kingdom, especially, you know, we share this shared passion to see women rescued from human trafficking and children empowered in Africa. So I would love for you to just start by telling us the ways that your storytelling and your work is changing lives and uh, your work with Unveil Studios. So just share a little bit about this work that you've done, especially through film. Well, I'm especially intrigued that we have so much overlap in the countries in particular that we've wanted to do ministry work in Tanzania, Thailand, especially, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, we we kind of got, and I think this is how God works, is he kind of, he speaks to us about our passions and he helps to sort of unveil within us what is it that we're supposed to actually do for the kingdom. Yeah. And sometimes, depending on what part of our journey we're on, he almost tricks us into it. <laughs> but in our case, you know, we were filmmakers, brothers pursuing kind of this dream of filmmaking and, you know, you have Hollywood ambitions in your mind and whatever that means. And then we uh, started on this documentary I because I... In high school, I don't know if anyone that's listening ever completed high school, but when I was in high school um, in Canada, people would ask me every single day, what do you want to do with your life? Mm. And like it was when I was in the last year of high school, like senior year kind of thing, it was like, what do you want to do? What are you going to do? How, what are you going to do? And, you know, there's always this sort of expectation on you. And I was quite honestly fed up with it. And I went to the Lord with it and I was like, God, like, Everyone's just asking me the same question. This is driving me crazy. Mm. And then he turned around and said, yeah, but what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, What's your um, answer? And, and it was interesting because the way he asked it, it was like, if you could do anything, what would it be? Mm. And I felt like all of a sudden this light bulb moment happened where I said I wanted to see the world and I wanted to tell stories. Mm. And then I kind of considered and meditated on that. And I thought, well, making documentary films would be an interesting way to see the world and tell stories. And so my brothers kind of got on board. I was the youngest of the brothers, but they were pretty excited about this idea. And we went to Kenya and India, Thailand, Malaysia, 
And we made this film called You For Everyone that was about needs and happiness and asking like, do you need God? And going through all these places from poverty to extreme wealth and seeing like, how do people compare across the globe? And interestingly enough, so many more things that are similar about humanity than different. And in this process, we actually came across stories of extreme poverty and stories of human trafficking and some of these things that really grabbed our hearts. And we just felt through the process of that film and future films that God put in our path that he was saying, you can use stories to do something to impact human lives for my kingdom. Mm -hmm. You can do storytelling that's engaging, that's entertaining, that grabs people, but it actually does something for the kingdom. And that's kind of the journey that we went on. And we took us quite a few years to figure this out, but we realized that every time we were doing a project, we were creating some sort of give back or some sort of campaign or some sort of way of kind of doing something. You know, we had a story about a Sudanese lost boy that, you know, he walked from Sudan into Kenya, which is a crazy story that some people might be familiar with the lost boys. And um, so we told his story as a way of building wells in Sudan. And we um, did a project and many trips to Tanzania to help and tell the story about empowering orphans to dream. And um, through that process, we helped to build houses and we helped to do projects like wells and we helped to contribute to getting kids through education. And um, then we really got hooked into just feeling like God really wanted us to tell a story about a human trafficking story. Mm -hmm. And that just like destroyed us when we started hearing some of the things like we say that, you know, and you've, you've seen this as well, that there's darkness in the world that's darker than you ever wanted to imagine. But when it's pierced with the light of the gospel or the light of the good news or the light of Christ, it just is incredible to see the transformation. Mm -hmm. And so we got connected to a group called home of new beginnings in Thailand. And my wife actually, while she was in university had gone to uh, do some work with them in, in Thailand. And so we've been partnered up with them for a while. And through this film, she has a name that we did, which was a, based on true events, a human trafficking story that your audience can check out. Um, But in She Has a Name, we tell the story of two girls, one who is, well, both who were trafficked, but one who gets put into aftercare. And there's kind of the hopeful side of being restored out of the trauma that she went through. And then another girl who gets trafficked again, and just the the devastating side of that story. And um, through that, we were able to partner with three organizations that were really close to our hearts to um, impact the the human trafficking scene for, you know, getting girls rescued and, and boys rescued and to um, contribute to telling a better story. I love that. I love that. And I have not seen the movie yet. I will. I've read the book, but now I'm so intrigued to go back and, and uh, see the film. And really it was even on one of your trips to Tanzania, or you were getting ready to go that God kind of dropped this word breath into your spirit, which has now become this book breath of life and what will be this television series. So talk us a little bit about that, especially the significance of how the the name Yahweh uh, began to really resonate with you as you were doing your research. Yeah, absolutely. It's really intriguing because I believe that anytime that we talk with God, like he he wants to have a relationship with us where like, you know, we think about going into the word and there's relationship and engaging with his word. And it says the scripture is God breathed and there's life on it and we can engage with him that way but he also wants to like speak with us he wants to commune with us he wants to have a friendship and when if you think about friendship you go for a walk with a friend you talk you go for a coffee date you you do these things where you're engaging in relationship and it's always a conversation yeah and i think in a lot of circles we don't recognize that when we speak there should be an answer (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> like and conversation. God, yeah. Yeah. It's a conversation and God really wants to speak with us. And so I, I came to know this and to start hearing his voice in various ways. And this, particularly as I would just engage in that relationship, because like we all have that need for to hear him and to know him. And I really desire to hear and to know him. And we were taking teams. I, I, I've led about a dozen teams to Tanzania and it was, I think my 12th trip there. Um, this was about uh, 2019. And I just leaned in and I was asking the Lord for like a specific word for that mission. And he quite literally gave me one word and it felt like the whisper of his voice in my ear. And sometimes it's interesting because we might want to hear some, you know, gigantic revelation, but just this one word turned into a gigantic revelation, yeah. and, you know, it's a book and it's a series and it, it starts with this word, this breath, and it just explodes into something. And that's how God's creativity works. But he whispered the word breath mm. into my ear and I kind of waited, like, is there more? <laughs> is that yeah, it at yeah. all? <laughs> and then I started to meditate on it. And quite literally in that moment, I was taken into a really powerful visionary kind of imagination experience mm. where I went into the Garden of Eden and I saw the creation story in a way I'd never seen it before. Mm. And this is the thing that uh, it begins the book. And I want to just explain, as you've asked about that revelation about Yahweh, is that what happened was I started to imagine in Genesis 1 how God is kind of far off in a sense as he's creating. He's speaking everything into existence. Yeah. And, you know, in Psalm 33, it says he breathed the stars out of his mouth. And he's kind of speaking these incredible words, let there be light, let dry ground appear, let, you know, all of these trees produce seeds and fruit and all these things. It's, it's being spoken by his word, which is power. And then there's this incredible moment in Genesis 2 where in, I studied the Hebrew words later and unpacked a little more of this. But in this first visionary experience, it was just simply imagining that after he was afar off speaking everything into existence, in Genesis 2, he enters into the Garden of Eden and he comes in a new form. And the Bible says the Lord God in English translations, but in the Hebrew, it's Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And so he enters as Yahweh into the Garden of Eden. And it's the first time that he ever touches his creation. He actually reaches down and think about the vulnerability of this because he's described in the Hebrew as a potter and creative artist yeah. and actually as a sculptor. And so as a sculptor would work with mud or with clay, he's working with the actual raw materials of earth that he's just created mm -hmm. <laughs> and he touches them. And it's, you know, you imagine he's getting his ageless timeless hands dirty in the virgin soil of earth and he's touching creation for the first time and he's molding it shaping it forming it and there's this beautiful beautiful artistry in how he's forming adam and eve and he's making them truly beautiful because they bear his image right yeah. and so that he as he shapes them i just pictured in this visionary experience that he held the head of adam in his hands and it's the intimacy of a kiss it's face to face. You know, it talks about Moses when he saw God, it was face to face. Yeah. It actually talks about the intimacy of a kiss. And so he's holding Adam with this intimacy that's like never been seen since the creation of the world. And he's holding Adam in his hands. And then even though God, the father, Yahweh has shaped him, made him, he's not alive until he breathes hmm. on him. And then he does this absolutely incredible thing. And this is where I saw it. And it just blew my mind is that he says the sound of his name, which is the sound of breath. Yeah. Hmm. The sound of an inhaled and exhaled breath hmm. makes the sound of our creator's name. And every time that we breathe, we say the name of father God. And this is a missed piece in Christianity that we don't say Yahweh. We say Lord God or Lord, mm -hmm. but 7,000 times we replaced the translators replaced the name Yahweh with the Lord. 
And it's such a beautiful thing that it, it was, it changed my life when I saw this, yeah. that every time we breathe, we say yeah. his name, which tells us we bear his image. We are spirit beings that actually say the father's name every time we breathe, which is so connecting because all of a sudden it's like, if I'm in a bad moment, all I have to do, <sighs> I breathe and I'm connected instantly back to the Lord and back to father God. And so that was the moment I was seeing the creation in a new way. It was the intimacy of Yahweh holding us in his hands. And that breath is what made us alive. And so then I was like, oh, yeah, it is all about breath. <laughs> mm, I mean, and just, I mean, I got goosebumps again hearing you say that. But guys, when you read the book and now when you see the series, even just the trailer. And so to hear you talk about this kind of vision that God gave you, I imagine as a filmmaker, Daniel, and, you know, as a creator myself, I'm a musician. Um, first before I was an author, but there's got to be something so, I don't know, just inspiring and riveting to, to think about him as creator, all these attributes that God is and all these things that he is and redeemer and deliverer and all these wonderful names and attributes of God, but you're really leaning heavily into him as creator God. And just inherent in our creation is the fact that we are created in the Imago Dei, that the image of God, we, and I even I'm reading last night, um, a couple of chapters, I've read the whole book and I said out loud, okay, I wonder why God just didn't speak us into existence. He spoke everything else into existence, but really what you're drilling down on is creatively. He made the decision to come, come into the garden and that we then have the breath of God, which no other creation had up till that point. I mean, creatively, what was that like for you to kind of just you as a filmmaker, you as a creative connect to the creative heart of God? It was honestly mind blowing because I, I, for the first time understood what it meant that we're made in his image. Yeah. Because as I studied and unpacked it in the Hebrew as well, and uh, exactly like you're describing, like it was just, it was so creative and visionary to, to imagine, like to truly see him as a creative, mm. like to, to think God is a creator, because I mean, it literally says in the beginning he created, right? So yeah. the, the single most like interesting initial attribute of God is his creativity. Yeah. And if we're made in his image and we're called to bear his image, that means that we are called to be creative. And people get hung up on this idea of creativity because they think, oh, I have to paint, oh, I have to make a thing, or they think of creativity that way. But creativity is defined as the ability to solve a problem. Mm. It's the ability to use it actually says to risk and use imagination in the definition of Webster's definition. So are you taking risk? Are you being able to um, solve a problem? Those are the attributes of creativity. So that applies to a doctor or a mechanic as much as it applies to an artist, right? And so we're called to bear his image and be creative. And, but yeah, to your question, I mean, I just, I saw him as creator and then studied the Hebrew words of what this means when he breathes. And it's this word in, so his, his name is the sound of breath. And then there's this idea in, in, it's not even an idea. It's a reality in, in the Hebrew is that breath and spirit are the same word. The same word. Yeah. So that was, it's yeah. this word Ruach, yeah. which some, some people listening may have heard of this, but Ruach is both breath and spirit. So this is the powerful thing is when he breathes, he imparts spirit. So if you think about it, when we breathe our first breath, say the name of God, spirit is in our body. And when we breathe our last breath, our last Yahweh, he gets the first and the last word. We say his name as we breathe our last breath and our spirit leaves our body according to Ecclesiastes 12. 
when you breathe your last breath, your spirit goes back to Yahweh who gave it to you. And so we have this eternal spirit that goes into wherever God, you know, heaven, however we want to understand heaven and where he's holding our spirit until the judgment, right? He yeah. takes our breath, our spirit back to him. Mm. And so we're an eternal being because of that spirit. And so it's the spirit of God. He's, it says God is spirit. Mm. He's imparting breath and spirit. And so when we think about like in English, we actually miss so many nuances and so many of these revelations because we just think about breath or we just think about yeah. spirit and we don't understand it conceptually. But the way that I would explain it is that the reason that breath and spirit are interchangeable is because it represents physical and spiritual. So breath, as we breathe right now, 25,000 times a day, 25,000 breaths where we say God's name every day. And that's the physical part of us because we're physically alive as long yeah. as we're breathing. But then the spirit, the Ruach, this breath spirit being connected, that spirit part is the spiritual because it's eternal, right? Yeah. And so as long as we're breathing, we're also a spiritual being, which is really intriguing because that's how we bear God's image because God is spirit. Right. right. That's right. And so it's yeah, it's exciting to actually dig into those Hebrew words and see just how how kind of quintessential breath actually is in the biblical narrative. Yeah, it really was exciting. It was an exciting book for me to read. I can't wait to see the series and gives me meaning to that scripture. We kind of quote, you know, haphazardly in him we live and breathe and have our being. In him we live and move and have our being. So the idea of we can't even breathe without you know, acknowledging his name and his presence. And I love the frame you just put around creativity, Daniel, because that liberates people to think, oh, well, that's only for the filmmakers and the authors and the, and the songwriters of the world. But really all of us are created to create, to worship. And so this idea of adoration and reflecting creation, the way he's created us becomes our worship and whatever way he's called us to live on mission with kingdom purpose. So we're just kind of giving you a little taste, guys, of what the book is like. And I want to unpack why this is so significant in a couple of key ways that you lean into, Daniel. But first, what are the three breaths and why is it significant that there are three? Yeah, absolutely. So it is really powerful that there's three breaths. I actually, when I first heard that word breath and I went into that visionary experience, I was like, oh, yeah, there's two times that God breathed on us. And then I felt like God was like, uh, uh there's three. <laughs> and mm. So I had to study a little deeper to find the third one. But the first breath is when we had physical created life in the Garden of Eden. It was given to Adam and Adam and Eve passed it on to all humanity. This amazing gift of breath from Father God, which is saying his actual name that we are, you know, breathed into existence by the Father. And then the second breath, which I discovered and was quite excited when I discovered it, is it's very cool because it passes from the Father to the Son. And then when we get to the third breath, it passes to the Holy Spirit. And so it shows the connectivity of the whole triune God. And the second breath was breathed by Jesus Christ on the cross. And I unpack it in the book as using his Hebrew name of Yeshua, because his name in scripture, which it's incredible throughout the entire narrative of scripture, there's this word Yeshua, which actually means salvation. Right. And it shows up in Isaiah and Jeremiah and all these prophetic books. And it's like salvation is coming. Well, guess what? When he came, he was actually named Yeshua, which was salvation. Right. And it means Yah, the beginning of Yahweh's name. Yahweh, Shua means salvation or saved. So it actually, his name, that forever Jesus will be known as Yahweh saves. That mm -hmm. is the love of Father God, that he would impart to his son the name that he is Savior, right? 
And so it's the father's will that he would, the father wants to save us, right? He's chasing us down, seeking us out and he sends his son. And so when, when Jesus, the incredible story of Christ, who is fully God and fully man, what a mystery, right? We just come through this Christmas season and we just see the incarnation and just like, you know, Emmanuel, God is with us and it's incredible. And um, he lives his entire life fully connected to the Father, Mm. fully connected to Yahweh. He never once takes God's name in vain, never blasphemes God, never comes apart Mm. in his relationship with the Father. Mm. And so he is the one man, it says in Scripture, who was able to redeem us because he took on flesh so that he could represent us, this physical being that we are human beings. And he took his life right to the cross. He willingly went and triumphed over death at the cross. And he made a spectacle, the scripture says, of his enemies at the cross. And what happened was incredible. In all four Gospels, it says very specifically, and it uses this word that now that we're in the New Testament, we're in the Greek language, not the Hebrew, but it uses the word pneuma, which again is breath and spirit, both connected. And it says, as he was on the cross, he says, Yahweh, into your hands, I commit my spirit, my breath. Mm. And saying that last word, he breathed his last. And when he breathed that last breath, Oh man, all of the legions of darkness were shaken because oh, everything man. changed in that moment when his last breath was breathed and his blood hit the ground. Literally salvation was spread all across the earth and the planet will never be the same. And it cracked the earth. I think at that last drop of his blood hitting the earth and it split it open, there was an earthquake, right? Yeah. yeah. And it literally caused an earthquake and then everything changed. And as he breathed that last breath, we got redemption if we just believe. And who was the first guy at the foot of the cross? A sinner, his crucifixioner, the guy who was like the one that killed Jesus. Right. Said, surely this is the son of God. Right. And it's such an incredible moment of as he breathed that last breath, even as he died, people got saved. Right. He hadn't even resurrected yet. And people are seeing salvation right. right there because his name is salvation. And they're looking at the cross and they're just like, oh, just imagine being there in that moment, you know. And um, so anyways, this is the second breath. And it's so incredible because it comes from Jesus. And I don't know if you want to jump into the third one right now. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> okay. great. I just feel like it just, I mean, the, the name of this episode is, you know, the breast that how these breasts changed everything, because really, it really does. It changes everything. And you know, even when you're saying about the crucifixion, there's a moment you talk about, um, you know, Pilate has put over the cross, you know, here is the king of the Jews, but it's Yeshua. And and remember the Jews come back to him and say, no, don't, don't say that he was the king of the Jews. Just say that he claimed to be the king of the Jews, because (laughs) even in that moment, you know, a pagan king is basically acknowledging a governor. Listen, he's, I mean, we, we still look and see that he is who he says he is. And the, the, we have the power of choice. We have agency of choice to believe that he is who he says he is, but to see this connectivity between all the way from Genesis to revelation, Daniel, I think it's so powerful to see the intricacy, the detail of God, even in everything, like we're saying in, in his name, you know, we quickly rattle off Jesus as Lord or he's savior, or we even think Jesus and not Yeshua, or we think God and not Yahweh. So I think it's so critical for us to expand our view of how we're even looking at the names of God. Yeah. Walk us to that third breath of God quickly. Cause then I want to ask you a couple of specifics of how this applies to us. Yeah. Wonderful. So incredibly, um, after, you know, we have the father breathing in the garden and Jesus breathing on the cross, 
we have this moment and it's an incredible moment where the disciples are in the upper room and it actually says they've locked the doors. Like they're like the, you know, the guys that killed Jesus, they're coming for us. Right. So they're living in fear in this upper room. And then they hear a creak at the stairs, a little bit of a rattle near the door. Oh no, they've found us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody's supposed to know where we are. And then all of a sudden, boom, Jesus is in the room. Yeshua. Mm-hmm. He passes through the wall because nobody's opening the door. <laughs> yeah. And he passes through the wall and he's among them instantly. Boom. He's, he's, it's, it's incredible. It's miraculous. He's there and they're looking at him and there's something different about him. They, it says at first they didn't recognize him. Like for one, they don't have a principle of anyone can rise from the dead. I mean, that's never happened before. Right. <laughs> like to literally take up his own life and rise. There'd been right. some resurrections in scripture, but this is like he rose, he of his own will, he rose. He rose yeah, exactly. the dead. And he's suddenly among them. So there's that mystery of it couldn't be him. How could it be? Right. Hmm. And then there's also the fact that he's in a new body. I mean, he's resurrected and he's beautiful in a different way. There's something glorious about him. And they're just hmm. like in awe and wonder. And I kind of describe it in the book. It's like the same moment when they were on on the water and he spoke to the storm, shalom, and the entire storm just fizzled out in a moment, in a breath. You know, he says, peace, shalom to the storm, and it just stops. And it's just like, wow, the sun comes through in a rainbow. And it's just like, wow, what what is happening? And then they look at him and they say, like, we're not worthy to be in your presence. Mm. Like, who are you that even the wind and the waves obey you? Yeah. Right? And then they have this moment in the upper room and they just go from fear of man to incredible reverent awe and worship of Yahweh because they fall down at his feet and they realize that Jesus is Yahweh, that Yahweh is Jesus, that they are one, the father and the son are one. And all of a sudden he's in the room with them. And it's this setup that's actually specifically done in the narrative to resemble the Genesis setup where the father breathes on Adam. And if you study the words, you'll just be like actually swept away by his creativity in this narrative that he's setting up a recreation of the Genesis story where he's saying, I once breathed on you. The first Adam received the breath of God. Well, now the second Adam, Jesus Christ, Yeshua is about to breathe on all of us. Mm. If we'll just accept his breath. And then it literally says in John 20 that he breathed breathed on on the disciples. And so think about it. He's, he's in that moment. I don't know. Did he line them up or did he stand them up or did he just say, okay, everybody get ready. And he actually goes, And he breathes on the disciples, the sound of the creator's name. And this is the moment of new creation life where literally we get the deposit of the gift of all gifts, the gifts of the ages, right? It's the Holy Spirit received by us when we receive his breath. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. receive this in Hebrew, Ruach HaKodesh, which is the set apart breath of God. Because it's that Ruach again, where it's breath and spirit. And he's saying, receive this breath, like this physical breath and the spirit. So like our spirit, our eternal part of us, that deposit of the surety that we have salvation through Christ is received in us as the Holy Spirit. And it changes our physical dimension because now we have the breath of God in us, Mm. which is like we can now breathe life into the world. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. I really love this whole concept, Daniel, that you've kind of laid out for us. And I, and I love um, the create that just the creativity of God and the way that you're able to express this. So what you just said there at the end, that really helps us to understand how Satan if, is affecting our emotions negatively. We have so much anxiety and fear. And you talk about this, just, you know, we're going to encounter a variety of atmospheres. We're bringing an atmosphere with us. We're encountering an atmosphere. And you actually say this in chapter four, the atmosphere that we walk into affects us just as surely as we can affect the atmosphere that we walk into. So 
talk about these kind of negative emotions that we're going to wrestle with and that we do wrestle with. And of course, Satan has corrupted the air. You talk about that. I mean, we don't have a lot of time to unpack that, but they can read all about that. But talk about how our atmosphere can shift and change and, and how this concept of the breath of life changes the way maybe we view even our emotions and our ability to bring an adjustment, a shift into the atmosphere around us. Yeah, no, it's really good because, you know, in Ephesians, Paul talks about how the enemy is the prince of the power of the air. Right. Interesting that he would call it that because the air is what we breathe, right? Yeah. And so you think about, you know, we have this horrible virus going around right now, but it pales in comparison to the virus of sin because Mm. sin has infected every human being ever, 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 all of history and all that will come so sin is in the atmosphere sin is in our dna and he's the prince of the power of the air which means that he can actually affect the atmosphere around us and it's it's a credible incredible thing that we are given this gift of the holy spirit because the idea is that we can change the atmosphere from within us breathing upon Yahweh calling upon his breath, you know, breathing from inside of us, the Holy Spirit and releasing it because there's this incredible thing and I'll try to do it in a nutshell, but the name Yahweh means that I am that I am or I will be what I will be. And there's actually an understanding of his name that tells us that every word we speak because it has breath on it, Mm. every word has creativity on it. So we can either create life or we can create death. We can create good or we can create evil. And it's because we've been given power as image bearers of Yahweh to have breath and breath carries that creativity. Now, I don't want people to get hung up on it because you'd be like, well, you know, if I, I I don't necessarily have that like power that Jesus had where he spoke to the fig tree and it just died. Right. But that was a picture of how powerful our breath and our words are. And as we spend time with the Lord, the potency of our words will increase. (laughs) As we spend time just building our relationship with Yahweh, the potency of the good and the power and the healing will actually increase. And if, on the other hand, we spend our time in the world and all of the stuff going on in the atmosphere and all the fear and all the negativity and all the anxiety, the potency of our words as a curse will increase. It's actually a crazy, crazy thing that God would give us this gift because James said life and death is on the power of the tongue. He's referring to the fact that as we speak, there's breath and there's creativity on our words. And so, and then Jesus even said, what you think in your heart has creativity on it. Right. <laughs> so it's he like, up, we really, he, he up the ante. Yeah, he, he did. Up the ante. Yeah. So we have to really be conscious of the fact that we're in this present realm and that we have this incredible, albeit like a scary and sacred gift that's upon us because we have God's breath. And so we have this ability now to change the atmosphere because of the Holy spirit. Now, if we didn't have the Holy spirit, this world would be absolutely filled with horrible darkness and evil. Like I guarantee you, if Jesus hadn't imparted his breath to the, up to the disciples and then they shared it with the world, like this world would be a completely different place. It would probably right. look like some of those post-apocalyptic films, you know, right. but it's right. like he's given us the promised Holy Spirit. So even as darkness is rising, Isaiah said, in the earth, And a thick darkness covers the people. I don't know if anyone listening feels that that's happening, but there's a thick darkness that covers the people, but the glory of Yahweh will rise on his followers. Mm. And as we speak life, as we declare life, we will change atmospheres. We will bring people into the kingdom. We will end human trafficking. We will see injustice fall away because as we walk with Yahweh, with Yeshua, with Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, we're going to see atmospheres and things change. And it doesn't always happen instantly, but if you, 
commit it to the Lord. If you pursue it with him, you'll see incredible fruit and you have to just choose relationship and to walk with him and to speak what he's telling you to speak. And often he'll tell you to declare scriptures or he'll put things on your heart that are from his word. And you just have to speak those or share those or take a friend that you're like, man, I see them struggling with anxiety and fear and all these things. Take them out for coffee and just speak the scripture over them. Just tell them the truth of who they are. Tell them they're made in God's image. Just tell them the good news remind them of the gospel, remind them what Jesus did at the cross, mm. remind them of redemption. And these are the things that will just continue to build up because it says, especially encourage those who believe. Mm. That's such an interesting thing to say because it's are we the believers, but yeah. it's like, especially do good, especially encourage those mm. who follow Jesus because we need to build one another up in the times that are around us in this atmosphere that we're in. And then we can change the atmosphere as we get mm. filled up with his spirit. So powerful, so powerful. And it's very, um, empowering as well to know that we're not just victims of just this kind of chaos that we feel swirling the darkness that we do sense that we can speak life that we can immerse ourselves in the word of god and if you're a believer and you're listening you carry the glory of god and it was just as you you know you were just talking daniel we have the holy spirit the promised holy spirit if we're believers in jesus christ then we're literally you know paul talks about it and it's throughout scripture we're little containers for the glory of God. So everywhere you go, you are a moving tabernacle that God dwells in. And now you're bringing his presence. That's shifting the atmosphere everywhere you go. So that's a very powerful thought as we're entering this beginning quarter. You know, this is airing in February, beginning quarter of 2022. We don't know what this year is going to hold. Still this uncertainty. We do know as we slide toward the return of Jesus Christ, his second coming, we do know things will continue to get darker. And so well, how much more do we need to be speaking life and to, to be tuned into the voice of God so that when he does say speak or create or move or act, that we are ready and we are capable and we are available to do what he calls us to do and to know that you're carrying the glory of God. That changes everything. Just reading this, Daniel, I'm aware that I'm breathing. It changes the way that I breathe. I, I shared some insights this morning with a friend of mine who's struggling with COVID. Listen, you're breathing as you're breathing. And even as you're struggling to breathe, you are breathing in the living breath of God and his name is on your lips and on your breath. So I want that to encourage our listeners. And, and I know we've got to wrap up. I could talk to you for a while because I'm, I'm fired up. I just feel like this is just really fired me up. I'm, I'm so passionate about what you're sharing, but you have a TV series that just released. So I want to make sure people know about that before we wrap up. So let us know about that, how they can connect with that, get a copy of the book, um, get a ticket to see the series, all of those things, Daniel, uh, we'd love to know. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, you, you can um, get the book anywhere that books are sold. You know, if you shop Amazon or Barnes and Noble or all these different places, christianbook.com, things like that. But um, if you want to get the series and you can also get the book at our website, um, breathoflifemedia.com. So breathoflifemedia.com. You can right now, because of when this is releasing, you can watch in the specific window where we're releasing part one of the series. So please go and, and don't delay and get your ticket right now because we really also feel the support as we release this. And it's featuring incredible guests. We have Dallas Jenkins, the creator of The Chosen, and we have um, the Skillet, got the ladies from Skillet, and um, a bunch of incredible people like astronomer Hugh Ross and Rabbi Schneider, and just mm -hmm. people that are unpacking all of this stuff about breath and about what we've talked about in this podcast. And um, just really encourage you to go and watch that and to grab the book. And again, you can do that right now at breathoflifemedia.com. 
That's great. I'll put that in the show notes too, guys. So you're going to want to get a ticket. It just released part one. You can watch that. Just the trailer is extraordinary. So I can't imagine what this, what the series is going to be like. And Daniel is going to pray over us in just a second listener. So I know that you're going to want to stay with us um, to just have that encouragement over your heart right now. But Daniel, I like to ask all of my guests this question and um, super curious to know your answer. So other than Jesus, who has most inspired you from the Bible to make life matter? Maybe someone you can't wait to meet in heaven, uh, a question you can't wait to ask. I'd love to know who that is for you. Oh, I love that question. And I, um, there's so many that come to mind that I really love. You know, I think of my namesake in the Bible, Daniel, and some of yeah. these guys that I love their dream interpretation and the way that they communicated with God. But the one that I have to say, and it may be my bias because of writing this book recently, but it's Adam. Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. I think about the moment that like he's the first human being. He's the first person who ever breathed the name of Yahweh. His first word. <gasps> I just think of what was that like when he was infilled with the actual literal breath of God wow. and when he looked his creator in the face and then all of a sudden this moment of vulnerability, like what's going to happen next? You know, I mean, that's true creativity, this vulnerable moment of looking your creator in the face and it's just like, okay, anything could happen now, right? I'm alive. And he comes to life and he just like walks with God yeah. in the garden. Yeah. And I just think about like, was that for like, ages of time was that for days was that months was that years right. i mean it had to have been years you know like he's walking with god in this incredible like true harmony right it's this mm. beauty of being in creation with the father and um i mean i imagine you know like jesus and the holy spirit and angels and all these amazing things would have been happening mm. and um to me that is so inspiring and then to think that God in his grace, even though Adam and Eve, you know, they brought sin into humanity. And yet Adam is the second longest lifespan of anyone that ever lived. Hmm. Because I believe that he was so in the presence and the glory of God wow. that it's like it wasn't easy for him to die. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, he was so connected to that breath. I mean, he lived over 960 years, right? It's like wow. that. that's wow. like a life age of the earth from our perspective. And so yeah. I just think that that'll be a story to sit down and hear his anecdotes of the first years in creation. You get to talk to him. He gets to watch the series. You'll compare notes, <laughs> you compare stories. Like, yeah, that was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one exactly right. Oh, I liked your rendition. I liked your depiction of that. Yeah. And guys, really this whole book, and I'm sure this series is going to convey it well. It's going to be so powerful to watch this series and just experience from a visual standpoint. But it really, Daniel, is such a story of redemption the, the love of God that he would, that he would do this for us, that he would restore what was lost. You talk about the corruption of the air, the flood, you know, there's a lot that you cover a lot of ground that you cover, but just to know the overarching principle here is that God loves us so much that he created us in his image. You're not created by mistake. You're created on purpose with purpose, with intention. He's breathing over us. He's singing over us. He's delighting over us. And whatever this year faces to know that you can stop, you can pause, you can breathe in and out and inhale and exhale in the name of God. And to know that his presence is with you, that you can ask him at any moment, Holy Spirit, I need you and I need you in, in this moment. So before you pray, Dale, I'm just going to read this week's truth that matters. The Lord led me to Isaiah, one of the prophets that you mentioned. Isaiah chapter 42, verses five through seven says this. This is what the Lord, God, the Lord says, or we can say Yahweh says, the creator of the heavens who stretches them out 
who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord have called you. That's us guys. He's called us in righteousness. I will take a hold of your hand. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people. And of course he's talking about Jesus here, a light for the Gentiles to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, from prison and to release from the dungeon, those who sit in darkness. So that's still a promise for us as we're partnering with the creator God that we are still creating to live on mission in a way that makes our lives matter for the kingdom and to do exactly what this says. It's what you're doing in Thailand. It's what you're doing in Tanzania. It's what you're doing through film. It's what each one of us are doing as we carry the glory of God to open eyes that are blind, to be a light, to free captives from prison and to release from the dungeon, those who sit in the darkness that we've talked about to breathe his name and to speak life. So Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for the way that you listened to God, that you heard that original word that he whispered into your ear and that you took the time to really invest and research this and to bring something of great beauty out of it. So guys, be sure that you go and go ahead and get your, not only a copy of the book, but head on over to breathoflifemedia.com so that you can be a part of the television series. You're going to be want to be on the ground floor of this. So Daniel, thank you so much. And I would love for you to just pray over us as we close our time today. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me and for those words. Um, yeah, I just think of the scripture, you know, as I start to pray here of Ezekiel 37, that people can go and read. And it's an mm-hmm. incredible fulfillment of what we've been talking about today is that literally Yahweh sweeps the prophet away into a field and it's full. It's a valley full of skeletons and dry bones. Mm-hmm. And that can apply in our life at any point. You might look at your relationships or you know it could be a marriage it could be something with your kids it could be something with a friend it could be a job it could be anything in your life does it look like it's dead well literally god the father asks the prophet can these dry bones live Mm. and so as i pray god i just ask that you would give us a picture of what is it in our life that is dead or dying what is it that is dry and what is it that needs to be resurrected with your holy powerful beautiful creative Mm. spirit your Holy Spirit, your life. And right now, as just listeners or viewers are here right now, I just ask that they would be able to see clearly a picture of what it is. Because sometimes we don't even know that something is dead. We don't even know that something needs to come alive because we've been so ingrained in the routine or in life and we think that it's somebody else's problem. But actually, you're saying we have a responsibility to look at what it is and to call what is dead back to life. And so right now, I just ask, Father, that you would show us that picture. And in the name of your son, Yeshua, Jesus Christ, that we would see life come back into those di- those dead things, those dead areas, those dead relationships, those broken things, that sickness, that disease, that thing that's penetrated our physical body, whatever it is right now, I declare and I prophesy that the breath, the Ruach of the Holy Spirit, that God himself will breathe on you right now. And all you have to do is... <sighs> Have faith and just breathe in his name. Just breathe in his spirit and his presence. And right now we just ask Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh, surround each person watching or listening right now. Give them such an actual awareness that you're with us, that you are God with us, that you came and took on flesh, that you became Emmanuel, God with us, and that then you imparted your holy breath, your Holy Spirit to each one of us as a gift. All we have to do is believe in the work of Jesus and it's the greatest gift. So right now, let your presence and your spirit just actually change our atmosphere. Let it change the way we see this thing in front of us and let your life just fill us in such a new and fresh way in Jesus' name. 
Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.